what's happening? Hey, it's your boy Remy. Hey, D-Money Doms, Dami, Chaco Thunder, whatever you know me as. Hi, I'm your host for today, and welcome to the Gospel of Anime. Thank you so much for being here. Unfortunately, we weren't able to link last week, but hey, I'm glad we can get active this week. So, here at the Gospel of Anime podcast, we use the fiction of anime to highlight the truth of God. So, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Whatever brought you here, I'm just glad that you're here. Uh, Here at the Gospel of Anime podcast, we will be talking a little bit about actually two separate anime today. And I'm excited. We, we, you getting a two-for-one special today. Uh, but not only that, I want to tell you a little bit about our segments. We have an off-topic segment, and then we have a hyperbolic time chamber segment. In the off-topic segment, we talk about something that doesn't have anything to do with anime. Usually, today will be an exception. And then when we go to the hyperbolic time chamber, just like in Dragon Ball Z, we are willing to experience pressure, discomfort, and sometimes a little bit of difficulty, but all for the purpose of us getting stronger. And that's really what I want here. I want us to be in community and to get stronger. So thank you again so much for sliding through. So for our off-topic segment slash, I guess, hyperbolic time chamber segment, I don't know, we're doing both. I want to talk for about an obscure anime that you may or probably may not have heard of. It's called Glass Fleet. I was just perusing Funimation, and I was pleasantly, unpleasantly, I, I was surprised to find this anime on there. It's called Glass Fleet. And to be honest, I still don't fully know what it's about. I'm only a couple episodes in, and... So far, it seems interesting. It's got a really retro feel. Looks like it's like an early 2000s type anime. But it had fights in space. And I love science fiction, so I was all in from the jump. But anyway, while I was watching this anime, uh, in the first, very first episode, practically the first scene, and the entire first episode, a battle is going on. Uh, there are ships shooting each other in space. It's a whole whole crazy experience but uh presumably this the part or the side of the battle that we are supporting uh we get to dive in to a little bit of the details of their command structure during this we see a general someone who kind of runs his own fleet and as far as we can tell this is a beloved general and the infantry, I don't know if you could even call them infantry since they're in space, but the lower-ranked soldiers, I'm just going to call them infantry, the lower-ranked soldiers, the infantry, they love and respect this general a ton. They love this person's character, they, they think he's great, but something happens. The general gives an order that is a little bit out of character for him. Uh, at least according to this infantry, according to these lower-ranked soldiers. Those that are following him feel like this is strange coming from this guy. It's strange that he would give this kind of order. The soldiers then proceed to do something that I find, or at least I found, very interesting. They proceed to talk it over with one another. They discuss among themselves as infantrymen, outside of the decision, the, out, they are outside of the decision-making process, they decide 
to discuss what they're going to do, if they're going to follow the order or not. I found this interesting, and let me tell you, just fresh out the gate, if you know me in person, you may already know this, I am the type that yells at the TV. If something doesn't add up, especially my anime night homies, I'm sorry you guys have to go through this all the time, but I'm the type to be screaming at the TV. We need to have words. When people come over to watch movies, they see this firsthand. But while watching, even though I was by myself, I had to say something to the TV. I I just had to. We had to have words. I couldn't help it, but I I had to just yell, Yo! Just follow the order. What kind of military force is this where the infantry has a say in what the whole unit does? And after that, I was immediately, immediately convicted. I felt convicted because I myself have been in that position. I myself, I've tried to negotiate with myself on if I was going to follow an order that God gave me or not. For some reason, I feel like after all the times that God has proven himself, his goodness, his love, his wisdom, his intentionality, all of that, every time he's approved that to me, I still somehow believe that God needs my help to decide how we're going to move. What is so on the nose about this whole experience is when these infantrymen, these low-ranked soldiers are chatting it up, they're not really trying to be difficult. They're not really trying to be disobedient. But they're still debating whether to follow these orders. And they recognize that if they do, if they follow the orders to the letter that they were given, they will leave their commanding officer high and dry. He will be left in a place that would make him vulnerable. But despite this, albeit impressive, impressively compassionate point of view, and the spirit behind this whole thing, it's still disobedience. The truth of the matter is, God does not need your help. Although many of us won't say it in so many words, we do often believe that by doing more or by doing less than what we have been asked to do, we can help God. I've personally found myself kind of doing the exact same thing. Even when it comes to defending God or defending my faith, I'm just like, hey, I'm, I'm ready to throw hands for Jesus at all times, even though he has never once asked me to do so. At least not yet. But for real, no cap, God doesn't need our help. He's not intimidated by other people's lack of belief or he's not intimidated by our perceived stress of a situation. He's got it under control. After a brief conversation among these low-ranked soldiers, where they verbalize to one another how much they seek to have the back of their commanding officer, and how much they fear, you know, leaving him alone to fight, they reluctantly agree and say, hey, we will in fact follow these orders. This makes me think of something that my mom used to say. And unfortunately, she used to say it all the time to me. She would say, 
Delayed obedience is not obedience. In my youthful mind, I would always think, yes, it is. At the end of the day, I I still did what you asked of me. But I just did it in my timing. Although God lives outside of time, the timing he applies to us has a value to it. After all, since God knows everything, he knows what we do before we do it. Why would Jonah have gone through the hardship he went through after running from Nineveh? Jonah displayed delayed obedience and ran from God's assignment to go to Nineveh and convict its people. God had already paved the way and had already given him favor. He had already softened the hearts of the Ninevites. But Jonah, in his very limited understanding, believed that God needed his help to make the right decision when it came to the Ninevites. I am very thankful for a God that loves me, a God that forgives me, a God that gives me grace, especially because without it, my contemplation of God's assignments for me and my, that coupled with my delayed obedience, I in my very human perspective, I think I would probably find myself in the belly of a whale as we speak. All just because I thought we could do things better than the way God told me to do it. All right, but now let's take a trip to the hyperbolic time chamber. Today we're going to be talking about Dragon Ball Z. You may remember uh, that was the anime we talked about during the finale of last season, but I love it so much, I couldn't leave it alone, guys. I, I just couldn't. Hey, that's, that's how the boat floats out here, you know? But yes, if you, don't, if you were not listening at that point, if you are new to the podcast, or if you just happen to miss that episode, uh, Dragon Ball Z, it's, it's got a very special place in my heart. After all, we're in the hyperbolic time chamber, am I right? All right. But yeah, during that last season's finale, we talked about Goku. We talked about his Christ-like character, and then we dove deep into aspects of Goku's fight against Frieza. Today, we'll actually be talking about that same exact fight. Some of you who aren't, you know, hardcore DBZ fans like yours truly may not know this, but that fight between Goku and Frieza is actually the longest single fight in anime history. And to be absolutely honest, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But I just wanted to give y'all some DBZ trivia. I I got you guys covered. To make a fairly long story short, because of how long that fight actually is, Goku and Frieza, they're on this planet known as Namek. They're here because they're both in search for the Dragon Balls. These Dragon Balls are different than the ones that they're familiar with and have the ability to grant three wishes. Dragon Balls, they're basically magical balls that when you bring them together, all seven, uh, a dragon will come out and will grant you a wish. Well, usually one wish. In this case, it will grant you three wishes. Goku wants to use these wishes to gain back the lives of people that died fighting Vegeta back on Earth. These people are his close friends. Meanwhile, Vegeta wants to use these wishes for immortality so that he could reign as a warlord forever. Goku tends to make it a habit to fight for justice, but Frieza, 
Frieza being an intergalactic warlord, he causes suffering and pain everywhere he goes, and he enjoys it. It's clear to see who most people would rather win in this fight and get access to the Dragon Balls. The unfortunate thing is, Frieza is honestly by far the strongest being in the galaxy. And if not, the universe. Goku goes into this fight knowing that Frieza is a tough opponent, probably the toughest he had ever faced. But he engages in this battle against him anyway, even against the advice of his mentor. He does this because, regardless, Frieza is a threat. Like, under any and all circumstances, he is a threat. After all, he killed Goku's race. He killed all of the Saiyans. And he had just got done committing genocide against all the people of Namek. And moments before this fight really begins, Vegeta dies at the hands of Frieza. Goku starts this battle after receiving a bit of a power-up, uh, and honestly, things aren't going that bad. He's going to work, he's making moves, he's actually holding his own against the strongest being in the galaxy. But then... But then Frieza gets serious. This shift in Frieza's power level does not bode well for Goku, and it is dramatic. Frieza actually makes it clear. He says, hey, I know you're just messing around right now. And he's saying this to Goku. I know you're probably using, what, maybe 10% of your maximum power against me right now? And Goku's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm warming up. You know, I got, got these hands. I'm, I'm ready at all times. But Frieza says, okay, that's cute. I'm honestly only using 1% of my total power. And we could assume that Frieza was bluffing, but it turned out that was not the case. So, as you can guess, Goku gets in trouble fast. In the heat of this battle... When things stop going well for Goku and he's having a real hard time, Goku has exhausted all of his techniques. And when this happens, he tends to fall back on something that he knows will work. He did this in his battle against Vegeta, and he decides to do this against Frieza in this present battle. He stops fighting with his hands, and instead of throwing punches, he lifts those hands towards the heavens. He does this because he knows that when his heart is in the right place and he lifts his hands up, that is where true strength comes from. If you have been to a variety of churches, you may have seen people praise God in multiple ways. Some may sing, some may yell, some people might run and jump, some might sit there quietly in the Lord's presence, but you may also see some people lift their hands in praise and worship. Like Goku, we lift our hands because that's where help comes from. We can switch from using our ten digits, our palms, our wrists, our whole hands, from trying to work out a situation in our own power, and lift those hands up to gain strength, power, and understanding. Not only that, but lifting our hands in praise can be a way in which we give to God. You may not have heard this before, but praise and worship is the only thing we can give to God. You might say, but what about my time? I always give him time in the morning. When I have quiet time, I mean, it's just me and God. I'm giving that to him. God is always with us. And 
always sits close to us. Giving God our time is honestly more for us than it is for Him. Others might say, what about when I give my tithe and offering? This, too, is something that we can't really give to God. After all, everything that we have in our possession, all of our money, all of our things, all the things that we own, so to speak, this was God's first. These are items, finances that we are only stewarding over while we have it in our possession. But when it comes to praise and worship, it is literally something that we can do to show God his worth, to show him how intimately we understand that he is worthy to be praised. But when it comes to lifting our hands, that is not all. In nearly every society we find on the earth today, your lifting your hands and stretching them towards the heavens is seen as a sign of surrender. And even when Goku does this, it may also be perceived as such. In a way, it kind of is, though. He stretches his hands in order to acquire or gain energy. He works to gather this energy for an attack called the Spirit Bomb. When he does this, he acknowledges that he cannot defeat his enemy in his own power. And when we stretch our hands towards the sky and surrender to Jesus, to God, to the one who has the power, when we humble ourselves with the understanding that we can't do it alone, we too gain power from a spirit. But it isn't the spirit of nature or the spirit of plants or the spirit of surrounding planets. It's strength from the Holy Spirit. We start to form our very own Holy Spirit bomb. The act of surrender, the act of submission, this is all, in fact, something that can help us win in the end. Just like Goku looks like he's surrendering, but gearing up to utilize his trump card, when we surrender to the Almighty King and utilize the power of the Holy Spirit, we also unleash our very own trump card. When we lift our hands in surrender, we aren't surrendering to the opposition. We're not surrendering to depression. We're not surrendering to anxiety. We're not surrendering to sickness, and we're definitely not surrendering to sin. We are surrendering to Jehovah, to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords, to the author and finisher of our faith. This isn't some casual nonsense. This is the key. To be honest, there is power in lifted hands, but that isn't the end-all be-all. Like with prayer, the heart posture is most important. The way Frieza is witnessing Goku put his hands in the air seemed like a foolish step to take, as if he was going to give up or concede. But rather than releasing and accepting his fate, with a pure heart, he called for help, and he was rewarded with the power to strike a near-fatal blow against his enemy. Whatever fight you might happen to be in, surrendering to God in the midst of your fight will give you the power to endure, the wisdom to find a better way, or the understanding to know how to escape. To be fair, surrendering to God is not always as simple as one would think. We live our whole life managing our circumstances as best we can, and trying to work out each situation we find ourselves so we could get the advantage, and we do this basically at all times. It may feel counterproductive to 
all of a sudden forget and just let go of control. Surrendering to God, it kind of goes hand in hand with trusting Him. It takes our trust, trusting that God not only has the power, but also has the desire to see us overcome our situation. In order to surrender power and just trust God to help you overcome your situation, I want to give you some practical steps to do it. Number one is acknowledge. Acknowledge that you aren't in a situation that you could overcome without God. I'd forgive me for using this TikTok lingo, but being Delulu is not going to get the job done. It really isn't the move when it comes to getting through hardship, pretending like it doesn't exist and to just ignore it and hope it would go away. Goku had to acknowledge that his back-to-back attacks, that doing the Kaoken technique times 20 was not working. King Kai makes it clear, Goku pulled out all the stops, but for some reason, Frieza was continuing to resist him in his strength. And Goku was facing an opponent that he did not have the capacity at present moment to defeat. So being authentic and acknowledging that, hey, God, I need you. Acknowledging that this situation is not something you have the power to change. That can go a long way in getting you towards the position of surrendering. Number two is ask. Genuinely ask. Ask God to take over. Ask him for his will to be done. Keep in mind that God's will and your will may not always match, especially when it comes to the details of life. But his will does match best with what's best for you. Each situation you find yourself in may not have a strict, correct avenue to success. And honestly, that's something I've gone through myself. When I was a senior in college, I was preparing to go on a missions trip. And I had spent the entire year, I was leading the trip too, that's what's wild. I was the team leader of this trip to uh, South America. We were going to Chile. And I had spent all year raising money and all year trying to train up the team I was going with and trying to be the best me so I could be prepared for this journey. And a lot happened. Let me put it to you like this. A couple months before the trip, I started having heart issues and I was, what, 21 and so confused. I was like, this can't be right. Why is my heart beating irregularly? This does not feel okay. And they scheduled me for a heart surgery. Uh, Thankfully, it wasn't open, but it was still heart surgery. They scheduled me for a heart surgery that they said, oh, that's usually child's play. You go in, you get the surgery. Uh, you, you walk out the later that day. And I was banking on that being the case. After all, I still had to walk across the stage and graduate. I still had to lead this uh, mission strip. But truth be told, the situation I was in was not as easy as I thought it would be. I was scheduled to graduate later that that week. And I had the surgery And as I may have mentioned before, I was born with sickle cell disease. I underwent a colossal crisis and was unable to be discharged from the hospital. I was in there for four days for a surgery that should have took one. And I was in the worst pain of my life. I'm 
genuinely not joking. After days of being medicated and asleep and in pain, I was like, hey, my graduation is today. I need to do whatever it takes to get out of the hospital in time so I can go to graduation and walk. That was probably a big mistake because that was genuinely the worst day of my life when it comes to the pain that I experienced. And even after I made it through graduation barely, I was bedridden for the next couple days. And my team had already started preparing and training themselves to go on this missions trip. We had one week till we were about to go, and I had to make a decision because I was too weak, I was in too much pain, I was unable to do anything that would have made me of use on my missions trip. So I had to call and say, hey, I can't go on this trip. This year of hard work I put in, it's someone else has to reap the benefits of this because I am not in a place where I can minister to, to others physically. It was hard. It was emotional. It was frustrating. But I realized something later. And of course, that's how God does. He'll illuminate the reason for hardship after the fact. Because your, your boy would have appreciated a little bit of warning. But anyway... After I made that decision, I realized, oh, I do not have enough credits to graduate. I already walked across the stage. I thought I only had one class, and I was right, I did have one class. I had my senior internship. This senior internship required 245-ish hours of in-clinic work. As a physical therapist, aspiring, at that time I only had 50 hours. And I knew that if I had gone not just to that mission strip, I would not have ended the summer with enough hours on that internship, number one. And I wouldn't have been placed strategically in a position where I could improve my science GPA to get into physical therapy school. God was working behind the scenes in a way I did not recognize. He not only gave me the in-clinic experience at a specific clinic nearby, he also gave me the opportunity to improve my GPA. And if you would believe it, after I graduated physical therapy school, the clinic I worked at while I was supposed to be on this mission trip was the clinic that offered me my very first job after school. God is amazing. And this happened because I asked. I was praying, I was asking God, how can I make it outside of this situation? I want your will to be done, but I want to go on this trip. I worked hard for this. But there are more important things in play. Number three, after you acknowledge, and then after you ask, you should expect. Expect that God will work the situation out. What's the point of asking? and expecting nothing to change. This is where faith comes in. Goku had faith that the spirit bomb would work against Frieza, and this is after all of his attacks failed. The question is, why do you think that Goku still had faith that his attack would be successful after doing the Kaoken and then doing Kaoken times 5 and then doing Kaoken times 10 and then doing Kaoken times 20, then all the Kamehameha waves, all the key blasts. He failed at every point in his journey thus far, but still had faith 
that for some reason, the spirit bomb attack would be significant enough to make a difference in his battle. Why do you think that was the case? Honestly, it's pretty simple. It's because someone he trusted told him it would work. That someone being King Kai. He told him it would work. And even more than that, Goku remembers. We've talked about this before, but it's easier to trust God when you remember. Remember the things he's done before. And right now, Goku remembers when he used the spirit bomb on Vegeta. He remembers every single part of his training. He remembers the power of the spirit bomb and how significant it can be. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Goku had confidence and hope that Frieza would be defeated, even though that remained to be seen. And it took faith. It took faith in the midst of his hardship to believe that he could be victorious after that battle. And for you, it will take faith to expect and believe that God will work your situation out. But like Goku, don't listen to the taunts of the enemy. Listen to what you know will work. Utilize your memory to remember how God has stood up and stood out for you before. But before you can even really surrender in honest intimacy and relationship with Christ, before you can count on him and then acknowledge, ask, and expect, you first need to surrender your life to him. Allow him not just to be your savior, but also be your Lord, the one that can lead you. If you haven't done that before, I would like to extend you the opportunity to do that today. If you're interested in making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, please repeat after me. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I accept him into my heart and I believe you raised him from the dead. And I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Thank you for saving me and washing away my sins. I know that I've made mistakes, but now I want you to be Lord of my life. Forgive me. Renew me. Save me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. First things first, I want to say congratulations. If you said that for the first time or the first time in a long time, you are now a part of this big family. And you are in our brotherhood. You have Christ that has your back and you get to do life alongside saints that want to see you succeed. And even if you haven't, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for making it down this I don't know if it's a long road, but this road of uh, anime and podcasting and hyperbolic time chamber joy. Before I end this podcast, I want to, number one, tell you, if you said that prayer for the first time, to tell someone 
Tell someone who believes in Jesus and who can support you and be excited for you at the amazing decision you made today. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, and your best days are in front of you. Hey, I'm so happy for you, so proud of you. Feel free, in fact, yo, low-key, if you don't have anyone to tell, tell me. Slide into the DMs, Choco Thunder 28 I'm on your side. But hey, love you, appreciate you, thank you guys so much for listening. Stay blessed and highly favored. Peace. Yeah.